Welcome to Lurking in the Fog, a podcast for those who seek to understand the criminals and tyrants that inhabit our world. Each episode, we host a guest who has entered the fog, encountered who and what lurked within, and lived to tell their tale. Our goal is to showcase how crime affects day-to-day operations, from something as simple as accidentally setting up a factory in the wrong neighborhood and having to deal with criminal groups to ensure the safety of employees and cargo, to governments using state actors to pressure, attack, and harm you in order to get their desired bribe or kickback. Crime operates in disguise. Rarely will it show its true colors in plain eyesight. Crime thrives in the gray. In situations where confusion and chaos are the norm, crime is king. As such, it lurks in the fog. I am your host, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, also known as the Tiger Owl. As a global investigator for Owl Consultancy Group, I will be guiding you through the fog and protecting you from what lurks within. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lurking in the Fog. My guest today is Bernardo Weaver. I am your host, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, also known as the Tiger Owl, and I'm here to guide you to discover what lurks within the fog. Bernardo is an international lawyer by training and trade. He attended some of the best legal institutions in the world and represented large multinational corporations, business executives, and high-ranking government officials in different continents spanning two decades. He has a master's of law from Harvard University and a bachelor's degree from Pontificia Universidad Católica de Rio de Janeiro. He served as a research assistant for U.S. Deputy Attorney General Philip Heyman as registered to the Anti-Corruption Tribunal of the Inter-American Development Bank and then pursued a career at international law firms. He has litigated privacy by design for Meta, responded to Don raids in Europe, provided legal advice in white-collar cases throughout the Americas, and served as an interlocutor in ransomware cases involving Russian and Turkish stakeholders. Mr. Weaver has also advised on Title IX allegations and charges against national security forces. Mr. Weaver is fluent in English, French, German, Spanish, and Portuguese, and he is admitted to practice law in the state of New York, Portugal, Brazil, and before the International Criminal Court. Needless to say... Bernardo has been all over the world, has entered different kinds of fogs, and has seen what is lurking within. So, without further ado, Bernardo, what took you into the fog? What took me into the fog? I think I was born in the fog. Um, as you said, I I studied in Rio, and um, Rio is this very foggy place. It's a... Um, former capital of Brazil, super uh, super decadent, um, very uh, plagued, very much plagued with uh, crime of all kinds, um, being, being it institutional or, what, uh, or just gang crime, violent crime. So again, I grew up in, in, in the middle of all of it. I grew up in Copacabana, which is uh, sort of the heart of Rio and here you have from uh, 
from drug dealers to to millionaires and all kinds of activities in general and all kinds of criminal activity in particular. That's fascinating. So when you live, when you grew up in this world of normalized crime, in this bog, how do you distinguish what is, what's right and what's not? What is black? What is white? What, what is really crime and what is not crime? That's a, that's a difficult question. Um, well, I, so I didn't have much guidance, um, uh, as, as a young adult, cause I, I didn't have a father. So, so for me, <laughs> it was, um, I had to be a, a very keen observer and, um, because people are, I mean, in real people are driven a lot of times to impossible situations and then crime becomes uh, not the only, I don't like to say the only option, but it becomes, uh, let's say, a very attractive option. And I, I think from a, from a very early age, I, I had to, um, I mean, I, I think I had a, a good moral base. I, I went up to, I, I, I studied at, at a boys only school and everything, but I, I think on top of that moral base, I I I had the benefit of seeing people <laughs> getting bad results in front of me, so I didn't really need. Um, um, let's say the lessons the lessons were provided uh, in real time of what's criminal, what's bad, what's wrong, what leads to uh, bad consequences. So that was my my education. Is there a lesson that stands out for you? Well, I think uh, I think that um, yes, and it's um, just, there's good and there's bad risk taking, and uh, I think what I could see a lot as I was growing up was uh, very um, um, how can I say not so intelligent risk taking um and i would i think i what really distinguished my my career was some some degree of intelligent risk taking so i'll i'll give two examples but when i when i was first of all when i wanted to um apply to a master of laws abroad but no one, no, I might have been the first Brazilian to ever do a, a master's focused on, on on criminal law. And um, everyone advised me against. Um, my boss said it was a stupid decision. I mean, I, I cannot, I mean, I cannot remember how many people told me that this made, made no sense because the U.S. had not nothing in common with Brazil. But I, I, I felt it was uh, good risk-taking. Um, and that it made sense. But then I, uh, as I grew up, I also saw a lot of people um, just take stupid risk uh, prone decisions. So I think the, the, the lesson is uh, the world belongs to, to the bold, but don't be too bold. Don't be too bold. That's 
That's hysterical, um, but also very wise. It's it's smart risk taking, and sometimes risk takes multiple forms. And you may think like, hey, I've calculated all of business risks. Uh, I'm mitigating costs. I'm being mindful. Um, I'm implementing the right controls to minimize the risk. So even though it's a new venture, it is a smart risk. However, you can sometimes have factors that play that that are in place they did not anticipate for. Like you just said, Rio is is a place where crime thrives, where where just where it is the fog in and of itself. So, did you ever work on a case like that that you thought all the risks were mitigated and an unprecedented factor came into the equation and it was probably not a risk that you could that you could have predicted, and and if so, how'd you how'd you mitigate against it, or like how, what'd you do? Well, I for any lawyer, it's a little hard to uh, to comment on specific cases, but I I can tell you um, a general strategy that that one has to develop um, as as you as you work as a criminal lawyer and and I think so my policy with clients is that I always ask them to be forthcoming with me and provide me with all legal all relevant information I I I need uh, uh, even if it's not very um, let's say um, nice or if it's not very I always emphasize to them that um, I'm bound by professional secrecy, uh, um, secrecy, and and that I cannot comment on their um, on the specifics of their of their case with anyone. But I, I've come I've come to realize that every single case that I've ever had, every single client, almost every single client has uh, kept something relevant for me that I was at some point um, surprised with. So the way you do it is um, it is at every single step of the way you you cautiously uh, uh, measure what you're gonna state on behalf of a client and what you're gonna and and you circle back to the client to make sure that it's true and uh, yeah and, and it's part of the dance it's 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 all a dance I I mean this. The whole risk measuring uh, idea is not is not a. It, of course, at some point, the client wants a piece of paper that you write down, and, but but it, in in real life, it's it's more like a dance, and you go as 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 the facts present themselves. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but as best as I could. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, look, as a uh, as investigators we've we've dealt with similar situations where you want the client to be as honest as possible you want to know all the facts of the case and sometimes just people omit things either out of shame or because they don't think you're going to find things or just forget or it just doesn't fit the narrative um and you always want to trust people but at the end of the day you need to 
verify and then you trust um so yes it does answer it does answer the questions um and but it's a reality of of human nature and at the end of the day it's humans who make decisions sure you have a you can have a company as an entity and a company is operating but those operations are still led ran and controlled by humans so if you don't understand the psychology behind the decision making why at this particular point if the logical decision was to go down path b and not path a why on earth did you still take path a um and sometimes it's hard to to judge or i i wouldn't say like to judge to to not judge and try to put yourself in an objective position when you know all the facts and you know the outcome of what happened when they took path a instead of taking path b but you still need to try to understand and and that's probably one of the most challenging aspects of of these kinds of roles there's it's not a black and white situation yeah very little in life is black and white except for the michael jackson album right <laughs> so is there a particular instance or 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 story that you've lived a situation that you've lived that that you could share with us of of just how the fog and everything that's lurking within just unraveled itself and and created so much chaos and and has just brought in a way of like more instability than 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 actual stability well uh, look i think that during the pandemic quite a lot of people were put into a put in a situation where they had to navigate through um, foggy environments. Um, one situation I've 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 seen a little bit too much for my taste recently is that of um, people who are not used to um, to navigating the well. The internet is a particularly foggy. <laughs> place right and a lot of people especially of a of a of an older age cohort um started using the internet for relationships for everything during the pandemic and i guess uh to be to use a, an example of, of of this day and age i've seen a lot of people lose everything and by everything i mean finance financially speaking, losing their mind, having their lives destroyed by simply not understanding the risks that they're running and bumping into, let's say, ransomware gangs from Russia or uh, pig butchering scams from China. And look, I have nothing against either of the two countries, just uh, it happened uh, to be the cases I saw. So and and so I mentioned the older people, but I think also um, a lot of established companies did not uh, could not navigate so well the 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 fog of the internet and the fog of the pandemic. So I've I've seen 
I've seen large, large companies being held hostage for millions of dollars um, under the threat of having their um, data made public. And of course, by very professional hackers and that knew to target companies that uh, operate in in very sensitive realms of, uh, let's say, the data gathering spectrum. I've also seen people uh, lose almost uh, their entire life savings, talking about millions of dollars as well, in in the span of two months to um, to scammers online. Uh, and uh, and I mean, sometimes you can do some things, and I think that's where a lot of people contact me. I think I'm someone who has a very honest approach about dealing with uh, crimes and the foggy aspects of crimes on the internet. So sometimes we can negotiate with the with the hackers if it's a ransomware case or if it's um, one of these cases. And of course, when it's a financial fraud case, a big butchering scheme, where someone just sent their money to a cryptocurrency wallet, then that's a lot harder. Is there any particular trend that you've noticed with these um cyber hackers scammers that that has made them successful in targeting specific companies was there a specific vulnerability or a a weak point that the company was not aware and that's how these guys were able to exploit it um is that something that maybe you can like share about I mean, it's um, it sounds complex, but it's a lot less complex than 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 what it is. But uh, it boils down to the the two main uh, aspects of 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 any sort of security. So it's the human element, uh, and sometimes people will obtain. Will gain entrance into into the network through through uh, an individual within the company, but sometimes it's also um, it's also the technical aspects, right? So let's say if you think of a safe, there's two ways for you to breach into the safe. One is of course if the safe is not very solid, um, then you can come with a blowtorch and blow a hole through it and get whatever valuable contents are inside or the other way around is let's say um, the the security guard that has the key to the to the lock um, sleeps every night and so he can come and get his key and with ransomware attacks with cyber attacks it's it's roughly the same but of course with a with a much with a much higher degree of, of, of sophistication but I've seen I've seen attacks where people just didn't run updates uh, um, often enough, and that that just led to vulnerabilities being there and led to hackers being hackers being allowed entry. It's 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 tough. It's it's a new world, and it's and what's not new is that there will always be crime. That's true, and that human element is is the most important because humans can be your best protectors or your biggest threat um sure sometimes it's it's an in-between thing but 
you can have one day the best employee in the world and then another day that employee flips on you and becomes the greatest internal threat you may have had because this person um, feels the need to get revenge on something or is just something flipped and switched. And and it's usually it doesn't happen overnight, but something happened that that person no longer felt like they were part of the company and felt like either an outsider or or felt like the company was betraying them or just not watching out for them. And then that person just be, immediately becomes your enemy, doesn't want to have anything to do with you um, and, and can attack and can even orchestrate or assist in these kinds of ransomware, um, embezzlement, it, you name it, or even be part of of these like schemes and some like some of these schemes schemes can be done with one or two people and it's a small operation but when you end up like dealing with russian gangs chinese state actors there's a huge machine behind it and that huge machine has thought in so many instances that what they what they need to do is just get the money as fast as possible and make sure you don't have access to it and disappear. That's the objective. So how do you protect against that? So I see, so I see two, um, two points to your, um, to your comment, right? So there's one about employee satisfaction and, and there's another one about, um, how do you protect yourself? So I'll, I'll try to um, weave the two together. Um, so another so another thing I do um, professionally is I sometimes represent people that have grievances against uh, their organizations. I've uh, done so uh, at the IMF and in other instances as well. So while well, humans are very complex um, things, right? And and employee satisfaction can can be can be linked uh, to an infinite amount of um, and and you would think that money can solve issues or you would think that quality of living would solve issues but in my humble experience it's it's um, it's very hard it's very hard to keep employees satisfied and 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 it really depends and I myself have been uh, dissatisfied at a job so it's um it's it's difficult it's a difficult science uh i think that what is good though is is and then sort of stepping into your second the second part of your comment what is good is that if you can uh, once you realize that there's a certain level of conflict building within a critical area of the company is that you should probably address it as as soon as possible uh, for several reasons. And I'm not saying uh, anyone should be justified in doing this, but uh, one of the ways, um, I'm not sure if you know how uh, Somali pirates operate, but they they sort of uh, have a very business-like scheme, as in some people rent boats, other people rent guns, other people just rent the two and go try and um, board a ship and sort of the same uh, happens with um, with hacking 
organizations. So um, not seldom will these hackers offer a, let's say a payout or a fee for, for employees to provide vulnerabilities within companies. And look, um, so we're talking, I had a, I, I don't remember now, but I, I had a, a calculation of what was the average ransom payment for this. And if I can tell you that if they share 10% of the, of the payout, that will be more than people make in a year. And for disgruntled, disgruntled employees, sometimes um, the payout will not even be the money. It will just be the the satisfaction of, let's say, being able to hit the organization that he thinks is uh, is not living up to his his dedication or his uh, um, service to to it. So it's complex, but I think uh, solving the conflict is usually the way to address it or try not to have it but then that's more of an hr professional kind of question how to solve it how to not have it no that 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 makes sense but but these are are risks and vulnerabilities that everybody needs to be mindful of i think it's very interesting what you just said that you that you did the calculation and it's more than what people would make in a year that's just crazy that's that's how lucrative Crime can be. Well, I mean, the 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 average payout is way above a million dollars. I I looked particularly into uh, Revo, which was a um, an organization that was shut down by putting, I think, about a year and a half to a role. It's extremely lucrative, and and all you need is a, technically is a computer and a room. But what's also extremely lucrative is is the big butchering schemes. I mean, you you hear of um, uh, all you need as well is a telephone, a computer, a cryptocurrency wallet, and you can skim people off. Uh, it's a tragedy. I mean, with with pig butchering, you technically don't even need a computer because most of it is done through messaging communications. Yeah, and crypto wallets are are free unless you have a, a hardware wallet where you paid for it. But but the wallet service itself is is free, and yeah, yep. you can you can see the movement on the blockchain, but that doesn't mean you'll be able to recover it. The movement can be so fast that unless it ends up at a at an exchange that has some regulatory compliance uh, obligation or or as you could say is one of the good guys, chances are you're never seeing that money again. So you could lose millions and billions of dollars in a heartbeat without you even realizing it. Absolutely. And um, I mean, so in the cases that I've, so I've, of course, I'm um, most of the time, the people that reach out to me are, on the losing side of the scheme and and the only let's say the the only legal theory that i was able to um try i haven't tried in court yet but try and develop was one of it sounds a little bit edgy but um temporary insanity uh and particularly in in older people that were targeted by these um 
by these networks. So what I what I'm thinking of claiming is a, some sort of temporary insanity and a breach of the of a duty of care by the banks and the exchanges where given that they use data for selling and for profiling customers to their benefit. So imagine uh, if you uh, are someone that doesn't use credit card, maybe they will not offer you a credit card, uh, but they will offer you a mortgage or whatever, whatever intelligence they gather from from your uh, banking transactions. They'll use that in, so to say, their 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 favor, right? Um, my theory or the one I want to test is that they should have used that same intelligence to protect the customer, meaning that when someone wires out $600,000 in a, in a in a period of a month, they should ask two, three, four more questions, right? Um, but of course, it's uh, it's very hard. It's 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 difficult, and of course, the lawyer, the, the banks will have very very good counsel to claim otherwise. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's one of those things of sometimes they just don't have the bandwidth to do the proper due diligence as to why this account went from doing zero wires to doing several high volume wires or the 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 person just says oh i'm investing in crypto let me just put all my money in crypto but that's a complete change of profile so it means there's an external factor that is influencing the actions of this person yeah look i i can i can give you a, a similar example which has nothing to do with all of this but it has everything to do with um let's say a temporary incapacitation that results in financial loss so i recently also had a few cases where men were went out and were drinking and were approached by women or somehow flirted with women with who ended up putting rohypnola on their drinks and Sorry, no, no, that was not the case. They they, they ended up um, going to bed with the guys. During the night, they looked uh, at the guy's uh, password for the credit card. And when the guy were, was sleeping, uh, they would then insert his card at a given, they would have a credit card machine with them and, and would then, I don't know, swipe, I don't know, ten thousand dollars and later on the guy would find uh, and of course if at, at least here in rio if you if you give out your password or you let someone see it then the bank will not pay you back but let's say if you had been do uh, if you had been given rohypno i forget the name of, of this in english uh, here we call it Sleeping Beauty, but um, anyway. So if you were, <laughs> yeah. okay. could it be a roofie? Yeah, roofie exactly. So so if they had been roofied, this is what I told my clients: look, go, run to a lab, and pray to God that you are roofied, because if you are roofied, 
we can get we can get you off the hook because you were not you were incapacitated. And so my theory is that these people that were isolated, that were depressed, that were under extreme duress, were also somehow incapacitated. But I I think I need a psychiatrist to vouch for that for that theory. That makes sense, but I mean it's it can happen in any instance. Like you just lower your guard, you bring in the wrong person into your home. And here we can be talking metaphor metaphorically, like you open the doors to the wrong person and boom, they take advantage of you. It's very easy. It can happen in an instant and you just by the time you realize it, that person is gone. And got away with it. So it is fascinating. Um, Bernardo, just to wrap up in here, um, because this has been like just a fascinating conversation in and of itself. Do you have any last words of advice that you'd like to share with the audience? Words of advice? Oh, who am I? Um, I guess um, have a, a good criminal lawyer on your speed dial just in case you need it. But more than that, no, I mean, I, I think that the best advice is is to say that there was a lot of wisdom in the way that your grandma thought. And whenever you're doing something, think of what she would tell you. That's a good or a bad idea. And I think... Um, Usually, if you if you can think of that, I mean, it's like that will keep you out of trouble 95% of, of the time. I love that. Um, and and the grandma advice, it's it's definitely not one that we've heard before, but it, but it makes a lot of sense because grandmas have a lot of wisdom, and while times may have changed and the way we do things have changed, somehow they still know way better than us and are 10 steps ahead of us so it's probably worth asking your grandma is this a good idea just co- cover the examples we we had here ask yeah. your grandma should i bring this unknown woman into my into my apartment grandma probably not <laughs> should, should i buy this digital currency and send it to this woman i just met on the internet Probably no. That 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 is true. But on that note, Bernardo, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you? I'm a very social media averse person, so just go to my website, www.weaver.law. That's uh, it has my contacts. Awesome. So I don't have I don't have Instagram, I don't have Facebook, I don't have uh, what else? Oh, I have LinkedIn, but that's all. Awesome. Well, Bernardo, thank you for so much for being here with us and thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Lurking in the Fog. As always, don't hesitate to shoot us a hoot if you're thinking of entering the fog. Thank you. Should you ever be faced with a situation in which you need any form of investigative assistance, 
or suspect there may be some illicit actors or activity at play, don't hesitate to shoot us a hoot. Owl Consultancy Group is a global corporate investigative firm dedicated to uncovering the facts, exposing evil, and diving deep. We provide the actionable intelligence you need to make the best decisions possible. Disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Owl Consultancy Group. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Owl Consultancy Group name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner, and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service.